0: I hope you had a good Christmas. Today, we're going to talk about connections. Who knows what that game is there? Connect Connect Four. Who has that game at home? I imagine most people have somewhere. I I thought we had one, but I went to look for it, but I couldn't find it anywhere. But I did find one online. There's an online version of Connect Four. And I was (laughs) rubbish at it. Played the computer, and I I, I kept thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to put that one there, and then it kept beating me. And I thought, maybe I'm just out of touch here. But I don't know whether that was the hard level. It probably was the easy level, but I was just probably really rubbish at the game. But the whole point of of this game, isn't it, is is that you work with the different uh, discs, your colour, be it yellow or red, and the idea is to get them um, in line, get your four in a row... But also, it's not just you getting your four in a row, it's to stop your opponent, isn't it, from getting the four in a row. So you've got to be looking to try and get yours, but also try to block your And and sometimes I focus on trying to get my four in a row, and then I go miss that the opponents would do it. And the computer (coughs) was much better than than me. So we're going to talk about connections. Here's a definition of connections. A relationship in which a person or thing is linked or associated with something else. I'll say that again. Connections, a relationship in which a person or thing, put yourself as person rather than thing there, um, is linked or associated with something else or someone else. Connections, therefore, are important. Our connections are important. As Christians, as followers of Jesus, our first connection is to God, isn't it? The greatest commandment here uh, in the Bible says this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. So as somebody who's a Christian, if you're a, a believer, if you're a Christian, if you love God, your first connection, the most important connection is to God. We are connected to him first now, that started when we became a Christian. You know, if you're not a Christian and you're here this morning, I'm going to invite you maybe a bit later to become a Christian. Or come and find out a little bit more about the Christian faith on the Alpha Course. But that day you became a Christian, the journey started, isn't it? And being a Christian isn't just an event, is it? It is a journey. Eugene Peterson says it's a long obedience in the same way direction. So being a Christian, being a believer, it began when we said yes to Jesus, when we gave our lives to Jesus. But it continues, doesn't it? And I love that phrase of a long obedience in the same direction. We, we journey with him, or uh, that book that came out some years ago, Pilgrim's Progress. It's all about the relationship with Jesus and Andy Taylor was praying out about how he can look back over his life and how some of us here may been Christians for a long time. We can look back at the faithfulness and the goodness of God, how he has been with us through the ups and through the downs and continues to be with us. So being a Christian, our connection with God is all about a long obedience in the same direction. Now I talked about TV earlier, there was something that started this week which we did watch live, don't watch a lot of live TV, but it was this. <laughs> Anybody else watch The Apprentice on whenever it was? Thursday? Yes, I see some hands there, yes. I sit there with a cheesy smile on my face all the way through The Apprentice because it's so bad. It's good, isn't it? It's car crash TV, isn't it? These wannabes, these incredible brains of Britain fighting it out. To try and win Lord Prentice's £250,000. And uh, it was just brilliant, isn't it? You think, what are they doing? I know it's, it's a program and they've got limited time, but it's just so funny, isn't it? Did you see that design? Yeah. That, what was that design all about? It was supposed to be something... Oh, for those who don't know, do go on an iPlayer and watch it, because it was all about luxury cruises. And one of the teams, the, the guys' team, what do they call it? What was it? Oh, no, that was the ladies' one, wasn't it? Sequility. So they had this logo of trying to, to um, mix relaxation with, with, a, with a wave. So they had this idea of a, a person in a yoga position, lying down on their tummy, looking up, and it became a wave. But they wanted it in earthy colors, so they had it in green and brown. And it looked like a bogey or a, excuse the word, a turd. I mean, it was, it was hilarious, wasn't it? Anyway, as you can imagine, the guys lost. The the, the women won that task. Um, Anyway, do watch it. It's it's absolutely hilarious. Anyway, the apprentice. Why am I showing you this picture? Because you and I are apprentices of Jesus. Okay? Now, we're not going to get fired. We're all hired. But our journey as a believer, first and foremost, is to be an apprentice of Jesus. We love the Lord God. We're devoted to him. We are an apprentice of Jesus. Jesus says to the disciples, follow me. The call of Jesus to you and me was and is, follow me. That means simply, we need to take time to be with Jesus. What does that mean for you, to be with Jesus? How do you, in reality, take time out to be with Jesus? The second thing is to become like Jesus. Now, I'm going for it. It doesn't mean physically, obviously, does it? It's, it's to try and take on his character his nature, how he was. Um, I read uh, the Bible through the year, every year. Just just read through the Bible every year. And uh, this time of the year, it, it starts. So in, and it has a bit of Old Testament, a bit of New Testament, a bit of Psalms or Proverbs. And the New Testament, obviously, it starts in the book of Matthew. So I'm reading all about Jesus. And it's overwhelming how Jesus is with people. It's like every... Uh, bit of Matthew's Gospels, Jesus is saying this and it's wonderful, it's profound. And that's what we're studying at the moment, isn't it? Uh, In in the Falls on the Hill, uh, that great sermon that that Jesus did right at the beginning of of Matthew. And then it goes on to say and then Jesus went this way and he healed people, he fed people. Jesus was and is incredible. Now, (laughs) Think you might be thinking, well, does that mean we've got to go around and heal people? Does that mean we've got to do all those things that Jesus did? Well, there are sometimes we pray for people and Jesus does heal them, yes. Yes. I think it is more of a collective thing, isn't it, about us as God's people doing the things that Jesus did. So we, are, we spend time with Jesus, we become like Jesus and do what Jesus did. How did he treat people? Do you remember years ago, the what would Jesus do? WWJD bands came out which people wore. um, Because it was a reminder, wasn't it? It's a bit like the Old Testament, a symbol to remind us of, well, how is Jesus with people? How does Jesus interact with people? How, therefore, do I interact with people? So as as an apprentice of Jesus, as a follower, as a disciple, be with Jesus become like Jesus, do what Jesus did. That's quite a high calling, isn't it? Praise God we have our whole life <laughs> to outwork that. And there are days when it, have you ever, ever had those days where you, you feel like you have a conversation with somebody or you do something and you think, yes, that's kind of, I was being a good Christian that day. <laughs> and then the next day you go and put your foot in it and do something wrong and you, or you say something and you wish you hadn't said something. the grace and love of God is there because the Bible tells us his mercies are new every morning. So our call first, our first connection is to God. And I wonder how do you spend time with God? How do you devote yourself to it? Maybe it's through reading the Bible. I hope it is through reading the Bible. There's so many translations out there. There's so many aids to help. Let me encourage you read a bit of the bible every day even if it's just a little bit read a little bit every day pray over it get into uh, the bible pray every day now i'm not suggesting at all that it's a long prayer maybe it's just saying the lord's prayer and thinking about those words but pray every day Uh, that's the app um, lectio 365 i know a few people Uh, use the app, there's that and there's other apps out there which just help us, That just give us a little glimpse into God you can get them online, you can put them uh, on your phone as you maybe walk to work or walk the dog or when you drive to work or you're just going out for a walk, you can listen to it, it encourages you. Maybe you're a great reader, maybe you just love reading books I saw on Facebook somebody, like all these books that they got for Christmas, they're going to work through them I I thought to myself, that would be a nightmare for me to get that many books I mean, that'd be a lifetime of reading. I'm a magazine kind of guy. Um, but people love reading books. Fantastic. If that's your thing, if that floats your boat, read books about God. Read them. Encourage yourself. Or maybe you're a, a podcast kind of person. Maybe you like to listen to preaching that encourages you. There's some brilliant preaching out there. There's also some not brilliant preaching out there, let's be honest. So be savvy. But if that encourages you to meditate and to think about God, well, do that. What about worship music? Again, there's some brilliant songs out there that you can can create your Spotify playlist of worship songs and you can be walking along praising God. We're great to be here live doing it uh, with a band. But there's just a few ways which might help you in your relationship with God. So the question is how is your connection with God? Be honest with yourself. I'm not asking you to confess anything here. But why don't you just sort of over the next week just ask yourself the question. Well, how am I doing? Is, it, is, is there reality to that connection? And then the next thing I guess is well, what can you do about it? Maybe you can take a little step in a certain direction. Maybe you can do something for the first time. Maybe you can read something or listen to something. So that's our first and foremost connection. Now this image here is what some people use to describe God. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I've also been reading Genesis because I said as I read the Bible um, throughout the year. And this verse is an amazing verse, isn't it? In the creation account, God says, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. So as I look out at you this morning, you are made in the image of God. Let that sink in. Isn't that incredible to think that as women and as men, we are made in God's image? God does not say that about anything else in his creation. He doesn't say it about the plants, the animals, the birds, the fish in the sea. But about humans, he says, "We are made in His image." God, as Trinity, God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I'm not going to get into that, but I simply want to say, God, in his DNA, is relational. Father to son, son to father, son to spirit, spirit to son, spirit to father. God is a relational being and if we are made in god's image it means that we have that dna too that we therefore are also relational beings genesis goes on to say the Lord god said it is not good for the man to be alone i will make a helper suitable for him now this bit comes in the bible you get the overview, the seven days of creation, which is kind of an overview. Then you get it dropped down into the detail. And it's that bit where God says, I'm going to make man. And it says, like, he formed him out of the dust of the earth. And he put him, called him Adam, put him in the garden to look after the garden. That's when this verse comes along. But isn't it a very interesting thing? Here in this beautiful garden of Eden, Adam's got work to do. That's good. Work is good. Name the animals, care for the ground. But then God says, it's not good for man to be alone. God says that. The implication being, it's not good for us to be alone. It's not good for us to do life on our own. And it was out of that then, um, Eve was made. And uh, please don't think that I will make a suitable helper for him as a lower class person. Because that word there about a helper is used of the Holy Spirit as well. It's the same word in the Old Testament. So there's a partnership of man and woman, both made in the image of God. My point is this, we are designed to be relational. It's in our DNA, in our our godly DNA, and it's not good to be alone. And I think what lockdown has showed us over the last sort of year, 18 months, that when we're on our own, it doesn't do our mental health any good. I don't know about you, but sometimes, I don't know whether it's the cheese, the coffee or the wine, but in the small hours of the night, and I'm at the stage now. I have to get up and go to the loo. If there's something on my mind, it always seems worse at night. Do you know what I mean? It plays on your mind, and it's because everything starts kind of. It feels like it's like almost attacking. But it's like when you're on your own, things seem worse. When you get up and talk, and maybe if, you know, if you are married, you can share it with your husband or your wife, or if you just call a friend and say, "This is really on my mind." it kind of eases things, doesn't it? Because we're not designed to do life on our own. That's not what God ever intended. Sometimes I feel like God's enemy, Satan, the devil, whatever you want to call him, who's there in the scriptures, wants to isolate us and start feeding in lies. And we start believing it. But it's not good to be alone. So if that happens to you, the antidote, Find a trusted person. Share it with them. This is on my mind. It's doing my head in. Share it with them. Get them to stand with you. Talk it out. Pray it out. We are relational people. Anybody name this movie? That's not me. I'm not, look, look again. Cast Away. Cast away. Tom Hanks, what an actor. There was a great documentary, in fact, I saw on Tom Hanks uh, over Christmas on Sky, really good. They called him the nice man of Hollywood. I don't know him at all, but you kind of think he's a nice man, isn't he? Castaway's is all about Tom Hanks, his character. I didn't know his name of his character. Uh, he's called Chuck Noland. He works for FedEx. Crash lands on the island, doesn't it? And he's the only person on the island. But what does he do? Because of his DNA. He makes a friend in Wilson. 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 Because even there, when he was alone, it's not good to be alone. The Bible says it right there in Genesis. It's not good to be alone. We are designed for relationship. Now, here's a word, individualism. We get to hear a lot about this these days in our culture and in our society. And here are four areas of individualism that uh, is often uh, uh, referred to. Uniqueness, autonomy, independence, self-sufficiency. Now, of course, none of those on their own are particularly wrong or bad, are they? If you think about it, no, it's it's good to be unique, isn't it? I think that's great. Autonomous, yeah, there's there's good things there. Self-sufficiency, yeah. As I said earlier in Genesis, uh, when God created man, put him in the garden, said it's good to work. So looking after yourself, that's, that's good, isn't it? Independence. It's not, they're not necessarily bad things on their own. But when you get this kind of tide of these are the most important things, I think there is a bit of a problem with it. It affects how we live. So if we, I, me and the most important person in my world, and I kind of invest in in just those things, I think that begins to go against what God wants. Because we are not called just to be completely unique or to be autonomous or independent or self-sufficient. I don't think we're called to be like that as God's people. The very phrase that we are God's people means that we are called together. Uh, Here in England, it's at Bodmin Castle, I think that is, you know, Um, A man's home is his castle. Certainly during the last 18 months, two years with COVID, not only were we told to stay in our homes, be in our castles, we were told, shut your drawbridge, don't see anybody, and watch Netflix. Okay, okay, I I did that bit. But the the point is, is that I don't think the last few uh, months, and I guess we're coming up in two years, aren't we, have helped in our community side of things, has it? It just hasn't helped, let's be honest. And it's been hard for us to connect when we've been told to stay at home. And at first it might have been fun when when it was very, very warm and hot um, sort of two years ago. But actually just being in our castle by ourselves, um, all on our own, isn't particularly a good thing. I think it goes against some of the things that we are as God's people. Now, if you read the blog I do, I did a blog uh, between uh, Christmas and New Year, and I, p- I use that image, because I love the image of uh, Christmas Day with the wider family getting together. I don't know your personal situations, whether you have a large family or you get together with lots of people. But if you imagine that kind of, that just large family where you've got the, the wacky auntie, um, but all families will have some relative, won't it? It's the wacky one, at least one. Maybe in your family, there's a few. Maybe it's you. <laughs> but the idea of having everybody together, all ages, all abilities, and, and you're sitting around having your Christmas meal at the table, and there's, there's no room, so they have to um, squash everybody in. And you haven't got enough chairs. So somebody goes out to the shed and brings in a deck chair. You've always got somebody who's sitting at the table like that, and they can't quite reach because they're sitting on some sort of uh, old deck chair. But that image of the family being together, I love it. Because it's like, that's what God's about, isn't it? He's after a great big family. Why? Because it's a reflection of who God is. You see, we are made in his image. And other phrases we are his image bearers that's who we are that's who we should aspire to be to bear his image you know the church over many many years has tried to outwork that, hasn't it through gatherings like this the sunday morning gathering the sunday morning service but uh, not just that there's other ways of trying to do it and uh, in this church in many, many years ago. Here's a picture from this, this early 70s. That's the building that was here. Uh, under the leadership of a guy called Barney Coombs, there was this great idea of something called house groups. Some of you might have been part of them. Now, I don't have any pictures of house groups from this particular church, but I do have a photograph from the 70s from a house group. That was part of the Stoke community church it was back then i'm afraid some of you will not know anybody in the picture but some of you will have a look at this do you recognize anybody in that house group from yesteryear now i i mean apologies for those who, who won't know i'm being a bit retro here but let me point out somebody who you will probably know. Here, look, that lady there. That's Sue Phillips. So, uh, and then uh, that's Sarah, her sister is. Now, uh, this guy here, Dave Church. Um, and then here, I think that there is Andy Windsor's wife. Uh, is that right? There she is. I'll point her out again. Look, here she is. Look, look, that's who Andy married. So this would be a house group in Frithmead Close. Yeah. Near where I, do you remember that, Bethan? Yeah, your parents weren't quite well, they did. The, oh, oh yes, OK. But I just, I just love that, that old image there of this thing, because house groups, when they started were like kind of they were the buzzing thing to do. Everybody was part of them. And this is how it worked back in the days. You had Tuesday nights and Thursday nights. Those who went to groups on Tuesdays, the, um, everybody went. And they, if you had children, the Thursday people, would, I think, would babysit for the Tuesday people. I think that's how it worked. Yeah. And it was a high take. I remember my mum and dad, they led a, a house group. And it was buzzing. Loads of people went to it. It was like, it was like you've got to be in a house group because God was doing something uh, in the house groups. I remember a bit later on when I was part of the church here... We we tried different variations of house groups. We had relational groups, we tried geographical groups, we tried leader-based groups, we had interest groups. We've tried to do groups over the years because we think they're important, because they are part of our DNA. I was in a group led by Graham and Caroline Richards. And it was a brilliant group, absolutely brilliant group. It was mixed ages, mixed abilities. there was people who were married. There were people who were single. We would get together. We would look at the Bible. We would worship together. We would do life together. Our, our sort of lowest common denominator or the thing that underneath it all was our love for Jesus. And I remember learning from people who were older and wiser than me because they had done life. And I just learned from them. And I thought, this is great. If I had questions, I could ask them. What we were doing, we were mutually encouraging one another. We were kind of discipling one another. I was learning from them and they were learning from me because back then I was a young man. (laughs) And it was fantastic. But let's be honest, these days it's been harder. COVID hasn't helped us with our connections with one another. So, where are we at at the moment, church? Where are we at We do have small groups. We have got some existing small groups. We have some that have stopped. We've had some new things that have popped up. Some of the things that uh, Terry has been pushing with the guys for some years is, is, uh, they're calling triangles, don't you, Terry? You you had a little snooker thing about triangles. Groups of twos or threes getting together to encourage one another, meeting up, sharing life, praying, supporting. I know in COVID, uh, some... Groups with ladies have popped up. They're either meeting face-to-face or they're meeting on Zoom. So we have a variety of things that are going on. But it's not where we want to be. You know, as leaders, our desire is to see everybody connecting in a way. Why? Because that's part of our DNA. That's who we are as God's people. You know, if you have a look on our church website... Go to hopebasinstoke.org forward slash smallgroups where you will see our vision for small groups. I'm just going to read them out. These are our top ten reasons for small groups. And just listen to these. A place of safety, mutual care and support. A place to laugh, cry and share life together. A place to kick off your shoes and to be you. A place to read and study the Bible A place to pray and see prayers answered. A place of honesty, openness and accountability with each other. A place where everyone is moving on with Jesus. A place that welcomes and embraces new people whatever stage of life's journey they are on. A place where much food and drink is consumed. A place for everyone to both give and to receive. That's our vision for it. That small groups would be like that. Now don't get hung up on the word. House group, small group. Don't get hung up on that. It's the heart behind it of who we are as God's people that we would love to see. Now, we're not there yet. We recognise we are not there yet. But as I sort of conclude, let me just recount some of the ingredients that we think we have got for small groups. First is this, we value connections. Connection with God, first and foremost. But also our connections with one another. Connection with God is number one. Pot pickers. We are called to be a lifelong disciple of Jesus. We are all called to be lifelong disciples of Jesus. Our DNA is relational because God's DNA is that way. We are image bearers of the Trinity. It's not good to be alone. Connections with one another are important. And I think we all have to work at this. I think COVID has made it harder and therefore we have to lean into it a little bit more. So, what is God doing with us at this time? We want to throw it open to us as God's people. Maybe God's stirring something in you about this idea of connecting with one another. Maybe there's a new thing that God has in store for us. We would love you to think about it and to pray about it maybe come and just share your thoughts and ideas maybe you feel like you want to start something you want to do something well let's talk about it let's see what shape is for now and for the future let me close with a prayer father thank you that you are a relational god and we are made in your image and you want us to express that through connections with one another. Thank you for the history of what has gone on across this church and in the community church before us. But we recognise we're at this kind of new phase of saying we're not quite sure what it looks like, but we believe in the values and have a grand vision for it. So I pray you would speak to us as your people, as this church community, Maybe you want us to do something a bit different to what we've done. May we be open to that. Maybe even in this next week, you want us to make some new connections with people in this church community, in this church family. Pray we would be obedient to what you're telling us to do. And who knows quite how 2022 is going to pan out, but lot. Lord, I pray that you would help us to reconnect with one another. That we would see the value and the purpose in that. And you'd give us a grand vision for it. A big vision for it. That's not just for us, but is also for the sake of the world, for those who don't know you. Pray that in your name. Amen.